1: You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius
2: XM Fight Nation Channel 156.
0: Welcome in professional wrestling fans to another weekend edition of Busted Open Radio. I am your host on Saturday's Ryan McKinnell and joined across the way by the one and only world's strongest man, Mark Henry. Mark, we got a hell of a show lined up for the podcast listeners today here on Busted Open. First up, we got to get into what was the story of SmackDown last night in Manchester, England. The one and only Daniel Bryan becoming a victim of the vaunted fiend across the pond mate it was such a good time (laughs) i'm looking forward to seeing more
3: of what daniel bryan and the fiend bring to it
0: more daniel bryan and the fiend less mark henry trying to do a british accent also on the docket we got new day retaining not retaining regaining the wwe tag team championship for a seventh time the question mark henry to you would be is that going to be enough to satiate the needs of one kofi kingston after losing the title to brock lesnar not
3: even close kofi kingston has got a long way to go to see him get back into good graces with the fans. So
0: we got all that. And we also have some thoughts on one Baron Corbett. And listen, Mark, we would be remiss if we don't end the show talking about one of the most exciting moments in pro wrestling history. Listen, AEW has had some pay-per-views, but tonight at full gear here on this Saturday, AEW ushers in a new era with their very first pay-per-view of the television era. Excitement is high. Expectations are high. What do you expecting to see mark henry i'm expecting to see a lot of high flying
3: overly excitement this is the chance that guys and girls are going to get to show their wares and this is going to be one that was going to be remembered for a
0: long long time so it's best to get it in now get it in now that's right listeners this is busted open radio on a weekend we got plenty to get to so let's get started the matchup between The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and Daniel Bryan is enticing. It is interesting. It, it does have serious legs. And I do believe it is a feud that we could see run all the way to WrestleMania. But what are going to be the incarnations of that feud, right? What are going to be the twists and turns? And, and Mark, I think the, the first, I guess, the birth of this feud or the birth of this story is really going to center around the involvement, potentially, of Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn. And, Mark, here's the way I see it. I see Daniel Bryan matching up against The fiend some point here in the very near future, and I see it going very badly for Daniel Bryan. Then I see Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura coming to the aid of Daniel Bryan and explaining to him, man, listen... It's a different monster. Bray Wyatt, The Fiend, he is not normal. I know you want to do this on your own. You can't do it. It's on your own. You need the help of Shin and I, and we're going to, and I'm talking from the perspective of Sami Zayn, obviously. It just feels like that's that's what they're going to do. They're going to offer their services. They're going to try to link up with one of the best professional wrestlers in the world. And you know what, Mark, when I talk about the best professional wrestlers in the world, I don't know if there are three better. There's certainly not many better than Shinsuke Nakamura, Daniel Bryan, and Sami Zayn. So if this is what leads them into being a, a faction for a little bit, count me in, bud. But but why? I mean, <clears throat> he's gonna need because he because he's
3: gonna need the help, Mark. Yeah, but last night when he appeared, when the fiend appeared, what did Sami Zayn do? He ran and it was outstanding. He ran. <laughs> How do I need? Why do I need your help? You ran. You left me in a time of need. You should have showed me then. He was startled, need you. Mark. He, he was startled. No. It was. It came oh. out of nowhere. He wasn't ready for it. Okay, Joanna. <laughs> Dad, you didn't scare me. You just startled me. Exactly. Like, oh, so you Ex- learned a new exactly. word today, huh? Exactly. Exactly, yeah, Mark Henry. Play the on words. words. Play it on a- a- words.
0: A- 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 <laughs> Tell me that's not going to happen because you know that you know that's going to be a conversation Daniel Bryan and Sami Zayn have in the very near future. Like, dude, you, you're saying we need your help. Why? Why do I need the help of someone who ran? And the answer is, he was startled. Mark Henry, I was it, it Came out of nowhere.
3: Yeah, Bray Shinsuke, You didn't hear gun. Shinsuke call me. Shinsuke called me, and I just exactly. ran. I wanted to go see what was going on.
0: <laughs> I exactly. mean.
3: <laughs> He's gonna take off running, man. I, I just started laughing last
0: night. <laughs> it, was, it was great. Now there's another, and that's another element of this that could that could we could see you know birth is, is the comedic element because this is gonna be a very serious feud, right? There's gonna be a lot of blood and guts, there's gonna be a lot of danger, there's gonna be a lot of high impact. I actually think Sami Zayn can add some levity, man. We talk about this all the time. We saw it again last night on SmackDown. Uh this is something I never ever for a million years would have predicted when El Generico slash Sami Zayn came over to this company that they were going to be able to turn him into, not in just, a, I mean, some of the best mic work that we've seen the past few years, but the comedic elements of this guy. And again, we saw it last night, him dipping out like, you know, like the Roadrunner or Bugs Bunny, like poof, there's just like a cloud of smoke and he's gone. I mean, that's, this is like a really enjoyable kind of, uh, I guess, not a reinvention, but an extension of the Sami Zayn that that we know and love. You
3: know what, I, I'm I'm looking at it like this. Okay. Sami Zayn was in a mask. How good what must you be to be in a mask and get over like that? And then you take the mask off and you're even better. Yeah. It's nuts. It's absolutely crazy and unheard of. A lot of the reason that they put people in masks is because they don't have personality, that they don't have that extra thing. And right. he's got it in spades. And Sammy is one of those guys, and I mentioned this probably about six months ago when he really started to have those promos where he went to the ring and he pointed out the um, the problems he had with the fans. Yes. And their, their uh, jaded idea of what they think should be happening in the ring. And he basically said, you are the reason that wrestling sucks today. He's like, (laughs) he just attacked them. He's like, you fickle. One Mm -hmm. week you want something. The next week you want another. And we try to accommodate. And what do you do? You piss on it. So I just won't take your advice anymore. I'll do what I want to do. And you'll like it because you're a sheep and you're going to do, and he just goes off on people. Yep. That, is something that I would I would have loved to see him be able to do with Daniel Bryan as an individual. But to be involved in a in a saga where you can't go out with Bray Wyatt every night. So he's gonna need Shinsuke and uh Sammy to help go back and forth and be an in between. Um Daniel, the, the fiend can always interrupt. Yeah. You know, so it, they're they, they're giving this layers and options, and I think that is really really smart uh, on the WWE's part for how yeah. much how much disdain and vile uh, commentary that I hear uh, people focusing toward the WWE. This is a this is refreshing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you you brought up an interesting point in, in, uh, on Sami Zayn, the ability for him to get over with never saying a word. Being a masked wrestler, obviously, through his time in all those various promotions, he never spoke. His in-ring work spoke for itself. He told stories in the ring better than just about anybody without speaking, right? And now, as you mentioned, to do what he did, mask off, cutting some of the best promos today. Mark, I'm trying to think back through the history of pro wrestling. Now, my history only extends probably to the early 80s, right? Um, and then then I get a, it gets a little more fuzzy for me, but I, I'm really trying to think. Like, can you think of a, a masked wrestler that has had that transition and has been as successful when you take the mask off as he was when the mask was on? That versatility that Sami Zayn has shown in the last ten years. I mean, you know this better than I do, but it just it, it just feels really, really, really special.
3: N- uh, no, I can't. The only person yeah.
0: that I could think of never took the mask
3: off. And uh, I mean, well, he got it pulled off one time, but you know, he, they covered his head with a towel, and you couldn't see him. But that was Mr. Wrestling Number Two. Okay. And Mr. Wrestling Number Two, with a mask on, could out wrestle most people that ever got in the ring. So he was this he was like Sam McZane with the mask on. But when you take the mask off. Uh, that they never took his mask off. He, he you know, I mean, I, I don't, I can't think of. We had to get one of these could, one could of these we count super fans to call in or call Dave Lugrecia and
0: ask him. Uh, could we was count? There somebody? Uh, could we count Owen? I mean, because I mean, Blue Blazer into. No, I mean, he, he was. Is, yeah, he didn't start with a mask
3: on and wrestle a career with a mask on. Right, he did it in like a little stint.
0: Yeah, you, you know, yeah.
3: and everybody knew that it was him. Right, like come on, it's Owen Hart. He's like, I'm not Owen Hart, making these <laughs> fake voices and stuff. Like, I'm. Like...
0: Oh man, I missed that. Good dude. times, I know, Good man. Time. I was actually. Uh, what was it? What was it? You, you did that great Owen Hart panel, which was uh, that was over the uh, Double or Nothing weekend this summer. That was awesome. Yeah. I got to sit in on that. StarCast also going down this weekend uh, up there in Baltimore. I know a lot of people are up there. A lot of people are excited. Good continuation. Doing it for the culture, Mark Henry, the culture.
1: Like what you're hearing? Catch Busted Open live Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation channel 156 or on demand with the Sirius
3: XM app. I'm mad. And this is the debut of a new segment on Saturdays. It's because I'm mad. If you call in and say, I want to talk about this, because this is the topic that you're talking about, and you say something other than that, you're banned for a month. Don't call in, because when you do, we're going to tell you, hey, won't you take a vacation and then quit the business? That's what we're going to do. Look what you so, did, Jay, Toronto. Mad. Yeah, look what you Jay did, Jay to in Toronto, Edith. Dave, now I do- Mike, now I gotta- whatever your name is, <laughs> don't you call in asking for a pat on the back because you foresaw somebody that was coming on the show. Whoop-dee-doo. We do it every week, six days a week. And you're not the principal on the show, buddy. I'm mad. Okay, Ryan. I'm sorry. Look it's, look what Jay
0: Toronto did, man. I gotta segment, deal with you for the next segment two segment hours. Yeah. No, no, I love I, I love
3: you. You good, you good, you safe. Okay. You safe. Safer than the arms of <laughs> Abraham. You safe.
0: That that's 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 good to hear glad to hear it like my palms are dry now they're not as sweaty jay you did this to me you set me up for the next two hours with this angry angry man on the other side good thing he's in minneapolis and guns i don't know i don't know man i don't know i i I pray for you man may may may, may god be on your side buddy all right so let's get into guns
3: on the 14th when i come to new york
0: oh baby that's terrifying (laughs) all right yeah maybe maybe take a day off guns maybe maybe don't come in on the 14th all right so take a uh, day off and
3: quit the business
0: Right, <laughs> so, poor, poor guns, poor guns. All right, so Mark, let's get into it. New Day uh, winning their seventh championship. The match itself uh, against the Revival, I thought it was a good, good. match. I thought, it, yeah, yeah, it was a really good match. So, uh, what'd you think? Uh, you know, uh, Big E going out there with Kofi Kingston, uh, I should say, uh, securing their seventh title. Which uh, I gotta be honest, man. I think back to five, whatever it was five years ago when this faction debuted and they had the preacher gimmick. We didn't know what they were going to be, and they really found that hold. I, I, I really can't stress enough how unbelievable it is that that five years later, not only have they not broken up, nothing has happened. I mean, they're as strong and as they're as relevant and they're as entertaining as they were five years ago. A real testament to one of the better factions of all time and a faction who gets their, their seventh title last night.
3: Man, listen, they are – Pushing their way towards the Hall of Fame, Kofi, yep. he, he's, he's a lock. But Xavier Woods and Big E, like they they, this is a faction that is gonna be Hall of Fame level. I yep. mean, you look at all the accomplishments and you look at the uh, the money that they they draw, and and having them on a the card is impactful. And and they just both, just, well, I say both, they're all three really smart and intelligent guys that push the envelope a little bit, but they always keep it moving in the plus. You you don't see them taking many negatives. And and, and I guess if you were going to say that there was a negative uh, Kofi Kingston, losing the title to Brock Lesnar uh, in eight seconds or whatever it was and not getting a title defense could be a negative, Mm -hmm. but on the flip side of that, it's not like you can't always go back.
0: Right. Right. And I, I think I'm glad you hit on that because I think there's a lot of, and I'm sure we'll have callers on this and feel free to chime in with your uh, feelings because, you know, you look around the social media landscape and, you know, it's a thought and it's a, a story that, or a storyline that people are, are, are talking about. And that is the fact that, hey, just a couple weeks ago on the debut of, you know, SmackDown on Fox, as you mentioned, Mark. You know Kofi goes out and he loses the belt in eight minutes. Now here's the issue, right? There was the there was the the fist crunching the fist crunching moment, right? That was a couple weeks ago where we talked about. It looked like Kofi was showing frustration, but by and large, Mark, we haven't got, or I should say, we haven't gotten. a lot of information from Kofi Kingston, right, in terms of his feelings about the loss to Brock Lesnar. There hasn't been many mentions about his emotions or his anger about losing the title to Brock Lesnar. And, Mark, there hasn't been a lot of word on when he wants his revenge. And, Mark, I think from a narrative standpoint, from a cohesion standpoint, yes, you can always go back to it, right? But you know this as well as anyone. Don't you on some level want to keep it fresh in people's minds? And, and also, Mark, uh, I'll say this. When in fight sports, whether it be boxing or, or, or wrestling or mixed martial arts, do you have a champion who loses – And then that champion doesn't mention about revenge or wanting to immediately rematch for the championship that he just lost. It just feels like WWE is trying to make that big fight feel happen. They're trying to bring in more of that combat sports element with the likes of Ronda Rousey, Cain Velasquez, Tyson Fury, right? It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me that that, that Kofi Kingston wouldn't be on a warpath to get his title back.
3: You know what? I thought that from the beginning, too. Yeah. But... Sometimes you get being overzealous and angry does not win the war. Going straight on into the meat grinder, it's not going to win. What's going to win is timing. And maybe Kofi thinks, you know what? Brock is a monster, and I want to get my revenge, but maybe I should wait for him to have a weakness, something that I can attack. Mm. And and, and it, you got to think about it strategy-wise. Uh, he's outnumbered in every way. Brock has got more experience with the title. Brock is a bigger guy, a stronger guy. He's more accomplished in his in fighting. Like, what advantage does Kofi have? The same advantage that every other fighter that is against the grinder has. Outsmart them. Yeah. And I think that that is what the the, the storyline is going to be. I had to pick my spot and I waited and you can go back and you can see that I was frustrated, but I held it in Mm -hmm. and that's, that's, you know, they're, they're, they're movie guys like I am. They, they look for the Easter eggs and you have to go back. And and we mentioned that Kofi was wringing his hands. Like, come on guys. Like we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about this and he changed the subject, but he was wringing his hands like it was frustrating.
0: So do you think we could see a breaking point for Kofi Kingston some point in the future?
3: Exactly. I think that at some point they say, Kofi, man, you got to put a smile on your face. Why are you looking down? It's like, you know what, man? I just can't do this no more. Do what? Walk around here smiling Mm -hmm. like I didn't get my ass kicked and get my title taken. That's my title. Kofi, where, where did all this come from? And, and I've been now quiet now you,
0: for so, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Now you got a story. Yeah. And they can pull that, they can pull that card whenever somebody gets hurt. Like, mm. you can always go back to um, having something that's exciting and powerful and impactful in the business. And that's, that's you know, I, I've always thought the way that Dwayne thought. I've always thought the way Pat Patterson thought um, because I come from that learning tree. Like, you do what makes sense when it's time for it to, not when people are always clamoring for it. You know, so, when,
0: so when you look at Kofi Kingston, Mark, <laughs> you look at, you know, this championship reign, I mean, on some level I would imagine that he's going to have to acknowledge his frustrations, right? But, but you when, know. When single, is that going to be? Right. When's that going to be? You know, I imagined imagine it would have already happened, but not yet.
3: You know, I'm about to start in Austin soon, teaching uh, a class called "The What, the When, and How of Wrestling." And you, it's easy to learn the how. You can go to a wrestling school all over the world and learn how. But the important things that Rip Rogers and Tom Pritchard have taught me is when is important, and where do you do it? You do it when it benefits you. And when you're going to get something out of it and it's going to pay off and everybody in the crowd are going to go, Oh, and you won. And that has to be taught. That's not something that you just, Oh, I had epiphany. It came to me in the night. No, it don't work like that. Like you have to train and train. And then the understanding starts to come as you train and, Kofi knows that better than anybody he's, he's been around. I remember when Kofi first came to Louisville and he started under the tutelage of Danny Davis and Jim Carnett, and, and Rip Rogers. And when he came up, he leaned on people like me and big show that were already up and was able to give him direction. And Kofi is a very, very intelligent human being. He and CM Punk and Daniel Bryan are good friends. When you The, the learning tree that he's under is, is unrivaled. The conversations that I have with him about wrestling are advanced. They're master class stuff. There's no run-of-the-mill average conversation. Kofi is brilliant. And Big E, not only is he, uh, uh, you know, all three of those guys are college graduates. Right. Xavier Woods, we, we can't even start talking about his education.
0: <laughs> dude's a doctor. The dude's
3: a, a, a doctor. He's a PhD. So right? I mean, it's like you you can't. Can you imagine the car rides? No, you can't. can't. You can't. You can't pull up some idle bullshit in a car with them guys. They're smart. <laughs> so he's waiting for the right opportunity, yep. and when that when that when that presents itself, and I hope the WWE is listening. And use it like that because if they yeah. haven't had that idea, now you do. Use yeah. it. I don't yeah. I don't charge for information.
0: No, and it's, run that it's my
3: it's my responsibility.
0: Yeah, and don't to, let it go to years. Give information. Right? Don't give don't let it give don't let it have years on it, right, Mark Henry. I don't want no. like a year and a half to go by, two years. I would like to see this feud reconnect at some point between the next three to Re- four months. Yes, before WrestleMania season because yes. it is we're talking about it. Like, it's still fresh in our minds. Don't let that not be fresh in our minds. Yes, you can call back to it. You can bring it back around. But play on the emotion. Build the frustration. Let the callers call in. Let the people chime in on, on Twitter, right? Let those frustrations build. Let people yeah. be like, well, how pissed is Kofi behind the scenes? Let, let what we talk about this all the time, right, Mark Henry? Let art imitate life.
3: Yes. Yes, exactly. That's That's what we need as fans. We yep. want to be in suspended belief. We want it to be real, but we want to have options to the realism and the reality. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't want to be handcuffed to reality because once you're into reality, you're like, ah, oh, well, he should just go on and just beat him up and leave it, and that's that. <laughs> but that's right. not the way wrestling is. It never has been, it never will be. There's a level the entertainment value and the the processing it over a long period of time, and that's the thing. Why do we have to have it right now? Three months from now is fine. Yep. You know, I mean, you start getting six, eight months. Ah, uh, it's, it's other stuff gonna come up, right? So, I mean, it's, it's it's time is imperative, but it's it's not the end all, be all.
0: think man uh the continuation of baron corbin and what has been a great year for baron corbin where he's really uh stepped up his game not only inside the ring but uh his mic work has been spectacular it felt like a another good notch in the belt last night for baron corbin and he gets a really big win you know you know what's slowly happening
3: what? baron corbin is becoming a guy that elevates the people that get in the ring with him crazy he, you're right it's crazy you, you would have never thought like down the road you know <laughs> you have it's a match kind of... with baron corbin people gonna know your name <laughs> right baron is becoming something else man like he, well. we always said that he had the tools he, he's i mean it's just that a year ago it was like there's always this, oh, this go away heat there's really no such thing as go away heat I think it's having somebody being so good and so negative and so polarizing as a heel that people wasn't ready for him. And now enough time has gone by that he is slowly going to be like what Steve Austin was. Steve Austin was a heel. And then you started to love him. I think that at some point, point, it's not going to be anytime soon. It's not going to be before or after (laughs) WrestleMania. Yeah. But down the road, people are going to start to love to hear Baron Corbin rather than hate to hear him. And when that happens, I'm going to be like, nah, nanny, boo, boo. I told you.
0: (laughs) Well, you just evoked the name of Steve Austin. So he's got some serious, serious lofty expectations to live up to. I'm saying,
3: I'm saying as an example of a babyface heel and a, a guy that was one of the most polarizing heels that we had
0: in the business and the next thing you know, everybody's cheering for him. Yep. No, so. I, I, think, I think there's absolutely that element because of what we talked about, right? Even his most ardent detractors and critics and people like, he can't work, he's this, that, whatever the case may be. Everyone is being proven wrong. And there's a likability about that, that someone can go out and shove it in everyone's face and, 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 and do it through hard work, determination, and just a quality product as a professional wrestler.
3: Yeah, and, and not only can he do it, at a really, really unbelievable rate. But how many big guys do you see move like that? Yeah. I mean, he's he's a complete balance of a six 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 seven guy that can run through the ropes, run, slide out from underneath, go back in and be up on his feet before dudes come off the ropes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let he's me ask special. you. Yeah, Let me ask you this. Let's pull back the curtain a little bit because we talk about this. We were just talking about Randy Orton resigning with the WWE, right? One thing that we hear about Randy Orton a lot is that he's the cleanest, smoothest, one of the safest wrestlers uh, to ever step inside the squared circle, right? I- I'm starting to hear similar things about Baron Corbin. Could you speak on that in terms of, of his ability to work and, and work safely with the people that he, that he uh, is in the ring with?
3: Yes. Uh, Baron is a uh... Is a is a guy that can that can throw a punch and and you know we one thing that we looked at and we didn't really comment on is last night the punch that Tyson threw was pretty nice. Yeah, it was clean. It was very clean and, yeah. and that's what Barron was a puncher. So he knows he knows how to keep people safe and put them in harm's way at the same time. And I think that that is what you know you get from Randy Orton where you go. Wow. Every night for fifty nights in a row if you want to. Yeah. And you can still keep going. Like, you know, there's there's been guys and you know, unfortunately, that I've worked with that you can't work with them every night. That style of wrestling will kill you. <laughs> right. I mean you getting beat to death every night is is brother, it's it's the worst. Do people because you wake yeah. up and it's Groundhog Day? You know, shit. I gotta work <laughs> with this. I gotta work with him again tonight. Shit, I'm not gonna have any teeth left.
0: Do guys like that <laughs> still exist in the business, or not is it many. being
3: weeded out? They get they get weeded out so fast. Yeah, because you know everybody is a commodity. Yeah. If you break down all the valuable wrestlers, then what do you have? Nothing. Yeah. So you know, them guys gotta go. You you hurting yeah. the product.
0: All right, let's let's uh, let's wrap up the conversation on SmackDown because we're coming in on Hour 3, and we're going to hit AEW full gear hard, and we got our weekly winner on tap for the best show of the week. But uh, we got Richard in Georgia wanting to finish up the conversation on SmackDown and one Daniel Bryan. Georgia. Richard, what's up, man? Welcome in here on this Saturday, Busted Open.
2: Thank you, sir. Mr. Henry, thank you for keeping the history of wrestling alive. I go thank back you, to Argentina, Apollo, and the great Malenko. I go. have a twist on Bray Wyatt and the fiend. Nobody's been better than Daniel Bryan as being a heel and a baby face. What if we take Bray Wyatt wrestling Daniel, I mean, Bray, yeah, Wyatt wrestling Daniel Bryan and have Bray's brother come out from under the ring as the fiend and pull Daniel Bryan into hell.
0: Oh, you mean like, uh, so you,
2: kind of how the the fiend comes up through the ring and tried to drag Seth Rollins off. Right. What if Bo Dallas puts on the mask and pretends to be the fiend and does the same thing to Daniel Bryan with Ray Wyatt as the wrestler, kind of like the split personality, but both of them being there at the same time.
0: All right, all right. It's Richard in Georgia. Uh, Mark, I don't necessarily. I think we should stay away from that. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Well, it's it's it would hard to get it would hard to it would be hard to get to that, right?
3: Yeah, it'd be hard to get to that, and then you're adding uh, right other people in the stuff that don't concern them, right? Like, where do you go from there? Right. What, what, What would?
0: What would be the story that you're telling, right? It would have right. to be that it's a spirit or something that possesses the brothers, and then it just it gets very convoluted, right? I think you're you have a very, you have something special with Bray Wyatt in the Fiend. If you do it right, um, you do, Mark. I think you'll agree with this. You're walking a very fine line between comic book and hokey and real and dangerous and there scary. You go. Yeah,
3: yeah. It would be and very you, hokey. That's the word.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you go mixing that. You end up ruining something that could be real special. But listen, we say this uh, a lot with other you know things that I've been in and conversations you have. There's no such thing as a bad idea. That goes for professional wrestling. Mark, you sat in on creative uh, meetings, right? I'm sure some pretty uh, wild ideas get thrown around.
3: <laughs> Man, some doozies. There have been some doozies come through.
0: I'm sure someone is. I'm sure someone suggested Bo Dallas dressing up as the fiend and pulling him down into hell. So don't don't feel bad, Richard in uh, in Georgia. That was probably a common theme.
1: Like what you're hearing. Catch Busted Open live Monday through
0: Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation Channel 156 or on demand with the SiriusXM app. All right, man. You heard the audio. That was you talking about. This unbelievable promo that we saw on Wednesday night, courtesy of one Cody Rhodes. I mean, they're the, you know the stuff that you hit on. I think was extremely apt. You know, you talk about the history with Dusty. You, you talk about the emotion that he was coming from, why he was saying what he was saying. Mark, all of that is very true. It, it stood out. It was undeniable. But. What I really, what really struck with me was we talk about this all the time, not just in professional wrestling, but in life. Timing is everything. When you think about Cody Rhodes and the 14 years it took for him to get to that moment, the way that he had, because that's this is what separates, in my opinion, Mark, the best promo work between some just really good promo work, and that is the artists, the masters of the craft, who in Jericho. Jericho is a goddamn. He is a masterclass. Yes, masterclass in what I'm about to talk about. And that is the ability to read a room, the ability to read a crowd. The ability to know when to pause, to let that crowd simmer, to get the reaction and play on the emotion that you're looking for, all while knowing that you're about to cut this promo and you're going to say this stuff about your past and you're going to, you know, let all this emotion free, but you have to, and, and this is something that I battle with every Saturday, right? You have to know when to control that emotion and that passion and that excitement and to deliver it in the most effective way. Mark, that was one of the most remarkable promos, and I'm talking the complete package that I have ever seen in my entire life well you you look at the first the first twenty
3: seconds he started talking the crowd started you deserve it and he stopped yep you let him get it out because when I start talking I want you to focus on what I'm saying right and 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 that was something that uh set the tempo but then right after that and he went into. Basically, telling Jericho, who are you to say that I'm one way or the other when you're the same thing? You grew up mm-hmm. with, with, with hockey royalty. We had the same silver spoon. And he's pulling you in and pulling you in. He got emotional when he mentioned his mother mm-hmm. and his sister and his wife. All important factors to him. He brought he, he brought
0: the world into his world. Well, you pull it in with logic and truth, right? That's right. how you do it. You, you you pull from reality. So all these people know and believe what you're saying. And now another point, because you, you brought up a great point when you talk about how he went with the logic and the reason when he went back at Jericho. Very real Very like, dude, you're rich. I'm rich. We both came from affluent backgrounds. Like what you're saying makes no sense, but what I'm saying right now makes sense. Listen to me, Cody Rhodes. Right, and and we we kind of talked about this in the last hour. When art imitates life, my favorite part of that promo because Mark, you're a little bit older. You're keen in on fifty. I'm in my mid thirties. Right. There is a there is a very palpable a very real feeling about people from my generation and a little bit younger i am technically a millennial i was born in 83 i think millennials are 81 on right the this entitlement this 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 you're all, you're all, you know, it all you're entitled to this. You want everything. When in reality, I work three jobs, Mark. Um, I don't need to get into paychecks. We don't need to talk about money. Right. But um, you know, I I wouldn't be working three jobs if I didn't have to be working three jobs. I, I have a college degree. It took me eight years to get my first full-time job and I am not in the minority with that. When I look across the landscape of my friends, there's a lot of disenfranchisement. There's a lot of people that feel a similar way for Cody Rhodes to bring the millennial, Factor into this conversation for Cody Rhodes to speak about a generation for Cody Rhodes for to have that art imitate life and to link himself to the emotions of a generation and to cut that promo in the way that he did, in my opinion, Mark, right? That made me care about Cody Rhodes in a, in a in a way that I hadn't before, and that is when pro wrestling is at its best when art imitates life and you feel invested in a character Mark that was a master class from Cody and I loved his inclusion of the generational talk and swinging it back around into millennials because Mark, and I'm sure listeners out there you felt the same way that hit on an entirely different level for a lot of us
3: It did and and one of the one of the two there was two points in there that uh, that struck a chord with me. And that's when he said, this business, you need this business more than it needs you. And you surround yourself with the youth, with the millennials, in which you claim to hate the most. That is saying a whole lot in just a couple of sentences. Mm Mm-hmm. He's saying he's, Jericho is talking about how the, the, the youth, the, the mindless, aimless youth. But here he is surrounding himself with him, feeding off of like a vampire. And then he. He said, you need it more than they need you. At some point, the business is going to be without Jericho. And they're creating the framework of what the future is going to look like. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to remind Jericho of that. But more than Jericho, reminding Jericho, you know who he was talking to? He was talking to the inner circle. He was talking to those young people that surround him. Planting gonna, that seed. He's going to turn on y'all. Yeah. Getting You're going to be all by yourself. <laughs> then what? So I think eventually you see uh, Jericho losing team, losing one 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 guy leaves, then another guy leaves, and finally he's standing there by himself. Hey guys, where you going? Come what come on man, you know I didn't mean that. Cody is full of crap. He's trying to divide us. Cody is brilliant. There's so much stuff that you. that we didn't look into. And I say we because I'm I'm a part of the fan. I'm a part of the nation. Sure. But I can can see things that other people can't see. And I want to share. I want you to know where
0: this is going so you can be as excited as I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mark. You know, going back, because we talk about the emotion, we talk about linking these characters to us and making us feel a certain way. I think that millennial, we saw it this week, right? Uh, people were out there, uh, there were articles, like uh, a lot of social media conversation likening uh, the term boomer, right? Baby boomer, boomer this to the N word. I mean, calling it a slur. I mean, there's crazy noise surrounding this generational battle between millennials and baby boomers, right? AEW, and this is something that Daniel Bryan actually touched on when he was doing the fickle stuff and Talking about the fan bases and, and Vince McMahon being a boomer and, and him being a millennial, I think this is a palpable, real feeling across the nation that professional wrestling, and specifically in context of what we're talking about, AEW would have to be fools to not capitalize on. You know what? And I, I don't, I doubt
3: that they would pass up on something this polarizing. Right?
0: It's clearly resonating.
3: Yeah, is everybody around the world is feeling it? I mean, they we we all know that. Um, eventually the fan base, we're going to go away from us old guys. Some of us decide to leave on our own, on our own terms. And then there's (laughs) some guys that's going to, they're going to have to run them out. They're going to stand around. And did you see how they talked about um, the future of the business going on without this older generation? Uh, There was a, a, a deal on, Uh, social media on YouTube where the guys were talking about the WWE was going to go against having a lot of the older talent around and using the guys that they have now. I don't have a problem with that, but who's going to teach them? Who's going to teach them? Wrestling historically was older men in the business that knew all the tricks and Passing it on to the guys that were going to be the ones that were going to lead into the next millennium. Sure. That's never going to stop.
0: No, it can't. The business is too intricate.
3: So you have to go into the office. You have to go into the training room. And a lot of it is what I'm going to be teaching in Austin is going to be psychology. What, when, and how lastly. Because a lot of them are learning how. But the what and the when? <sighs> Bro, it's, you you can't do this business with being a muscle head. You have to have an understanding of psychology. And, and I've said it before. It's not just good versus evil and fast versus slow, big versus small. <laughs> it's about feeling. We talk about feeling feeling all the time i'm gonna teach how to make you feel that i hate you that i want you to crawl into a hole and never come out i want you to feel like come on man if you just hold my just grab my hand i'm gonna take you to the promised land i want you to smile and laugh like man you're gonna let this little guy beat you come on man you can beat him Encourage. It's a lot of factors that go into what makes people feel around the ring. And that is what the old guy's purpose is, is to teach that. And I hope that we can get that done sooner than later, because eventually Jericho is not going to be able to be in the ring no more. That Randy Orton is not going to be able to be out there all the time. And and I know that sounds, you know, crazy, you know, because you look at these guys and you think that, well, they're young guys. They'll never, you know, iron doesn't work out. Jericho,
0: is Jericho 50? Mm, I think he is, yeah. I think he's he's like, uh, mm, I don't know his exact age, but I think he has hit 50, yeah. Wow. Yep, I think he has. But, no, I mean, the end is definitely getting closer for him. Uh, Yeah, no, he's 49. Damn. Oh, no, hold on. No way. Hold on. Today is Chris Jericho's birthday. Get out of town. No, today is Chris Jericho's birthday. He turned 49 today. His birthday is November 9th, 1970. Well, he, happy birthday. <laughs> for the, the champion, right? I'm like, wait, I'm like doing my math. I was like, wait, is the, today, the, today November 9th? Yeah, so happy birthday, Chris Jericho. You got one more year until you hit 50, old man. Thanks for listening. Catch us
1: Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast.